you have your Bibles, turn to Hebrews chapter 12. We're going to finish the chapter, believe it or not, uh, today. And you know, when I open up the Word of God and I'm preaching series or preaching verse by verse, I'm glad because I don't want to preach anything just political or out of context or whatever, what I feel like I need to preach. And uh, But I'm always amazed that when you preach verse by verse, chapter by chapter, God's always on time and God always has a message for the exact time that we're going through, and this is no exception at all. Amen. Hebrews chapter 12, let's stand in honor of the Word of God, verses 18 through 29. When I first read this passage, I said, oh me, God, please open this passage to me. Amen. You ever read a passage and say, I don't know if I can preach on that or not, but uh, God opened it up after much study, and I hope you'll listen uh, and help me during the message, okay? Back me up in prayer. It says, for we are not coming to the mount that might be touched and that burned with fire. We're talking about Mount Sinai or the law. Nor into the blackness and darkness and tempest. And the sound of the trumpet and the voice of the words, which the voice that heard entreated that the word should not be spoken to them anymore. For they could not endure that which was commanded. And if so much as a beast touched the mountain, think about that, it shall be stoned or thrust through with a dark. And so terrible was the sight that Moses said, I exceedingly fear and quake. But ye are come, but ye are come. Here's the contrast. Unto the Mount of Zion, amen, and unto the city of the living God, the heavenly Jerusalem, to an innumerable company of angels, to the general assembly and the church of the firstborn. I mean, glad you're in the church of the firstborn, amen, which are written in heaven, and to the God, uh, to God the judge of all and to the spirits of the just man made perfect and to Jesus the mediator of the new covenant and to the blood of the sprinkling and the speaketh better th things than of Abel. Now here's the, here's, here's the warning. See that ye refuse not him that speaketh for if they escape not who refuse him that spake on earth much more shall you not escape if we turn away from him that speaketh from heaven, whose voice then shook the earth, but now he hath promised, saying, Yet once more I shake not the earth only, but also the heaven. And this word, yet once more, signifieth the removing of those things that are shaken as the things that are made, that those things which cannot be shaken may remain. That's encouraging. Wherefore, here we are, we receive a kingdom which cannot be moved. Let us have grace whereby we may serve God acceptably with reverence and godly fear. For our God is a consuming fire. You may be seated as I pray. Father, thank you for this passage of scripture that sums up the book of Hebrews as these Hebrews were tempted to go back to the law. And Lord, as we sometimes are, go back to the kingdom of this earth and depend upon men, presidents, all, all men in leadership for our security when dear God, we need to depend upon you. And so dear Lord, thank you that we can uh, have a far better relationship than the relationship with the law uh, we have a far better priest, we have a far better covenant, and Lord, we have a far better offering, the blood of Jesus Christ. 
than the, than the law. And so, Lord, help us by grace to go on and by grace serve you reverently with respect and with honor to your name as we serve the living God, but all because of grace. So, Lord, give us more grace. And we'll thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. You know, the key thought in this chapter, verse 15, the Bible says, look diligently lest any man fall of the grace of God. They were going back. They were going back. Don't go back to the law. Don't go back to religion. They were being persecuted, these Hebrews, and I'll, I'll summarize the whole book tonight and uh, preach on some better things. But I want you to know, friend, they were tempted to go back to their Judy, Judy, Judaism, their religion, their temple worship, and all that shatters. Folks, we have the substance of, of relationship. We have the blood of Jesus. We have a living relationship. Don't go back. Fear-filled faith is what we need. That's respecting God and all his provision. Look at verse 28. The Bible says this, Wherefore we receive a kingdom which cannot be moved. Let us have grace whereby we may serve God. Let us have grace. There's a lot of lettuce in the book of Hebrews, amen? And I want to tell you something. God wants us to yield our life, not to the old covenant, not but to the new covenant, not to law, but to grace, not, uh, uh, not going back to the forms and fashions and, and shadows of um, the Old Testament, but folks, going to Mount Zion, which the King James spelling is S-I-O-N, and Folks, it represents the gospel of grace. It represents the blood of Jesus. It represents the mediator that's above all mediators, the priest that's above all priests. Don't you feel sorry this morning? And I feel sorry for that country fellow that was just despondent over the election, and all of us are that realize what was at stake. But I want to tell you something, folks. This is not the end of the story. The end of the story is this. God is coming soon. Jesus is coming soon. He's going to rapture us all up, and you better be ready, and you better be in the kingdom of grace and not in the kingdom of the United States of America. Right. Amen. That's about as political as I can get. Folks, we don't need to trust in man or chariots, but we need to trust in the Lord, as the preacher preached uh, Thursday morning. We need to trust in his name. Amen. In God we trust. But I want you to see, first of all, the description of Mount Sinai. And that's found in Hebrews chapter 12, verse 18 through 21. And folks, first of all, it was secure. Uh, you're not to come into the mount that, uh, and even touch it, uh, Moses said. Uh, if a beast touched it, he was uh, stoned or thrust through. And uh, verse 20, it says, For they that could not endure that which was commanded, and, if, and so much as the beast touched the mountain, it shall be stoned or thrust through with a, with a dart. He said, Don't go back to that mountain. I'm going to give you a better mountain. It's called the Mount Calvary. Amen. It was a mountain that was scorched, that was burned with fire. Verse 18 says, and for we have come into a mount that might be touched that, uh, and that burned with fire, nor into darkness and blackness and temp. It was a scary thing. It was a fearful thing. And it's a fearful thing to fall in the hands of God, but it's a fearful thing to go back, to go down on the human level. Folks, we are citizens of, of heaven. Amen. Our king is Jesus. Folks, we're ambassadors and we need to go on in this dark and dismal and confusing wor world and be 
the bearers of the greatest news on this earth, the gospel, the death, the burial, and the resurrection. And that message can change anybody's life. I know I'm getting ahead, but folks, it was stormy. The Bible says in verse 18, thunder and lightning. It was secluded, dark and black. Uh, folks, it was the sound of trumpet. Trumpets are a sound of judgment. Amen. The trump of God's about to sound, and we're going to be facing the judgment seat of Christ as I preached on Wednesday night. I hope you got something out of that message. And I had to I dwell a little bit on perilous times. Folks, we live in perilous times, lovers of ourselves more than we lovers of God. And it's scary times. Uh, going to the Mount Sinai was scary when God was to give the law. And folks, listen, he wanted them to fear him. It was a terrible sight that Moses said, I exceedingly fear and quake. Look at verse 21. And so terrible was the sight that Moses said, I exceedingly fear and quake. He took off his shoes on holy ground. And friend, I'm going to tell you something. Uh, you need to realize that God gave him the Ten Commandments. It wasn't ten su suggestions. Say amen. And folks, I want you to know the Bible still says, Thou shalt not kill. Thou shalt not commit adultery. I thank God for the boundaries of God's love. And some people say, well, we're not under law. But I want to tell you something. The law will convict you that you're a sinner and you can never keep that law and you need to be saved, amen, by the grace of God. And folks, that's why we need to not dwell in the law. We ought to thank God for the law. Folks, it, it ought to scare you that you're a sinner, that you cannot save yourself, that you cannot help yourself, you can't even maintain yourself. It's all by the grace of God. Thank God for his grace. Thank God for his grace. I want to tell you something. If it wasn't for his grace, I'd have quit a long time ago. I had the privilege of being in an ordination service uh, and uh, Brother Mitch McCormick going to Peru and all his uh, preacher friends were either in Michigan or um, California. I don't want to bring that up. And uh, so he, uh, my son begged me to come and say, hey, listen, you come encourage this young man. And I remember when it was my turn to speak, I started to encourage him not to get bitter. And you know, I meant to say this, Brother Jeremy, uh, that, to know that every day in the ministry is a wonderful privilege. It's a privilege to represent the living God. Say amen. It's a privilege to have a message that can change anyone's life. And boys and girls and men and ladies are going to hell that's not saved. I didn't make that up. That's a dark, dismal mountain. I know it is. It's a valley, the valley of the shadow of death. But thank God, my Lord went through that shadow of death. And praise God, he is the light. And that's why there is a shadow at the end of the tunnel. And I'm going through that death. Amen. Amen. Thank God. I've lost a lot of good friends uh, lately. But I want to tell you something. I know where they're at. And I rejoice in that fact. When I saw that picture and saw Brother Larry, I said, my word, I miss him so much. And then Brother Wallace, he was always the announcer of the faith promise offering. You know, he was the Jerry Lewis of our church. You know, the drum roll, and then he said, hey, we got 90,000. He ran down the aisle almost. We well, didn't run down the aisle. He walked down the aisle and had that little piece of paper at every service. Uh, and he was excited about our church doing more for missions. I miss him so much. But I am so thankful that the grace of God, he didn't try to get saved by law. He didn't get saved by religion. But one afternoon, I interrupted his football game. And thank God, he, trusted, he fell on his uh, knees on, in his den. And he asked the Lord Jesus Christ to come in his life and save him. Folks, it's worth it all. 
And I think we turned off the ball game, Brother Randy. Amen. You had to bring that up, didn't you? But I want to say this. Thank God. Thank God for the grace of God that can go to a living room on a Saturday afternoon, and this fellow got on the winning side for life. Hey, I mean, we're winners. Folks, I'll tell you what. I saw a tattoo one time on a prisoner in the jail. It said, born to lose. I thought, boy, that's a sad tattoo. Most tattoos are sad, amen? Especially when you say, I love Lucy, and you break up with Lucy. That's a sad tattoo. <laughs> say amen right there. I mean, you know, uh, what you going to do with Judy when you marry her? Say amen. I got, I love Lucy. Anyway, so you better be careful about those tattoos, amen? You might get the wrong name on your shoulder. Woo, I don't, I don't know why I went to that tangent. But anyway, thank God. <laughs> Folks, listen, I needed a little smile, I guess. But the, we see the description of Mount Zion in verses 22 through 24. Uh, Mount Zion represents Calvary. It's located near Jerusalem, Zion. Mount Zion's the gospel of grace. It's a great contrast from the Mount Sinai, the law. You getting anything out of this? I hope you are, but I'm, I'm, gonna, I'm not going to quit. I'm going to keep preaching until you get something out of it. But I want you to know, friend, it's the city of God. It's the city of God. Look at verse 22. But ye are come. Amen. Please don't go back, Jews. Please don't go back, Hebrews. Listen, uh, but ye are come unto Mount Zion. He said, hey, you're saved by grace. Amen. What a reminder. He said, unto the city of the living God. Amen. The heavenly Jerusalem and an innumerable company of angels. Sometimes I promote the prayer meeting like nobody will come. But I want to tell you something, friend. The reason you ought to come to the prayer meeting is because you're talking to the living God. You're praying to the living God. And folks, he has some living answers, and he'll change your little life. And I want to tell you something, prayer changes things. And maybe God's driving us to our knees during, during this pandemic. Maybe God's drawing us to our knees uh, during this unpredictable political time. I believe he is, amen? And I believe he's driving us to himself. And folks, whatever it takes for my will to break, what a song to sing. But folks, we need to mean that from our heart and by grace go on. Innumerable company of angels is mentioned in verse 22. It says, uh, it, in heavenly Jerusalem, to an innumerable company of angels. You know what that is? It's a place of worship. It's a place of light. It's a place of love. Hey, it's even a place of laughter. Say amen. It's all right to smile in church once in a while. I can't tell if some of y'all smile or not. I wish y'all put a smiley face on that mask. But, uh, you know, thank God. Thank God for the joy of the Lord. I'm saved. When I get down, I just say that to myself. I'm saved. Amen. I shouldn't be down. I shouldn't be uh, predictable with the world. As they go down, I go down. We ought to be excited. But I want to tell you something. This heavenly city, this dispensation of grace, Includes a mediator. Look at verse 20. Woo! Look at verse 24. It says the general assembly of the, well, let's go back to 23. The church of the firstborn. You must be born into the uh, kingdom of God to be saved. You, hey, listen. He was born in our world to save you, and you need to be born in his world to be saved. You need to be born from above, literally what that means. You need to be born again. And folks, you need to realize that you must be born Again, it's not by the law. It's not going through the Lord's Supper and letting it turn into the body of Christ, Catholics. That's, I mean, that's nowhere in the Bible where the bread turns into his body and you actually take on the body. Oh, my goodness. You don't supposed to kiss anybody's foot 
uh, or a ring or hand and call him a, a father on this heaven, on this earth either. Folks, there's only one father and that's God Almighty. There's only one high priest, amen. Don't go back, don't go back to religion. It'll not say, it's a dark mountain. It's, a, it's the law that condemns us. And folks, there's only one way we can be saved is by the mediator. Look at verse 24. It says, and to Jesus, and to Jesus, he don't go very far in Hebrews till he mentions the word Jesus. And to Jesus, the mediator, the mediator of the new covenant, What's that? Grace. And to the blood of sprinkling that speaketh better than that of Abel. Thank God, friend. The blood's the mediate, mediator. The blood is enough. The blood washes from all sin. Look at Hebrews chapter 9, I believe it is, just next door, verse 22. The Bible says this. It says, it says, and almost all things are by the law purged with blood, but without the shedding of blood is no remission. There's no salvation without Jesus. There's no way to heaven except by Jesus. There's no father that can pray you through. There's no preacher. There's no priest. There's no potentate. There is no kingdom. There is no politician, thank God, that can get you to heaven. You must come through the mediator. Jesus said, I'm the way, the truth, and the life, and no man cometh to the Father but by me. That settles it. You say, you're narrow-minded. I'm so narrow-minded. A mosquito could land on my nose and kick both eyeballs out when it comes to the blood of Jesus. Amen? And praise God, if he bit me, he ought to be flying off saying nothing but the blood. Amen? <laughs> Folks, listen, we need to be narrow-minded about some things. The doctrines of faith. It's the blood atonement. Amen? It's the blood of Jesus. It's not a, he's not a way, he's the way. He, there's not a truth, he's the truth. He's not a life, he's the life. And you must come to Jesus to have life. He that hath the Son hath life. He that hath not the Son of God hath not life. 1 John 5, 12. So Christ's blood is better than the blood of an Old Testament sacrifice. That pointed to him now. But folks, this is the crowning excellence of the new dispensation. We're united to him by faith in what he did at Calvary. And he receded it all when he came up from that grave three days later, amen? And, and folks, we have been sprinkled by the blood. We have been baptized into the family by the blood. And we should persevere. Don't quit. Don't get down. That's why Hebrews 12, 2 is so relevant. It says, looking unto Jesus. Hebrews 12, 2, look at it. Look unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. For consider him that endured such contradiction of sinners against himself, lest ye be weary and faint in your minds and your hearts. And so let me say thirdly, there's the condemnation of rejectors. The Bible says in verse 25, there's two mountains, Law, grace. The mountain of law was fearful and, and secluded and, and you couldn't touch it. You couldn't even approach it. But the law came down off that mountain. And praise God, it was given to the people to teach them that we're all sinners and that all have fallen short of the glory of God. And if you break one law, you broke them all. Folks, you just fall short of the glory of God. But look at this. 
We have Mount Zion representing the uh, new dispensation, the grace dispensation, the heavenly city, the heavenly mountain, uh, the heavenly kingdom. Aren't you glad you belong to the heavenly kingdom? And our king is Jesus, and he'll always win. Sometimes we put too much faith in men. But look at verse 25. Seeing that you refuse not him that speaketh. For if they escape not who refuse him that spake on earth, how much... Much more shall not we escape if we turn away from him that speaketh from heaven. Folks, I'm going to tell you something. When you hear the word of God, it's a message from heaven. This is not a religious ceremony where somebody's preaching their opinions. This is the word of God. This is a word from heaven. And that's why I love to preach, preach it verse by verse and chapter by chapter because I don't want to take it out of context. But I want you to know, friend, the cause of condemnation it's found in, in verse 25. It says, For they have escaped not who refuse him, seeing that you refuse not him that speaketh. The main issue in life is what have you done with Jesus? Hey, the main issue. Here's the fork in the road for every life. What have you done for Jesus? You can vote for all the things of the world and try to get ahead here and here and there, but I want to tell you something. Until you deal with what you've done with Jesus, you'll be miserable. You'll have no assurance, no joy, and no victory until you get saved. He speaketh not from earth, but he speaks from heaven. And then we see this coming condemnation in verse 26. says, whose voice then shook the earth. Now he hath promised saying, yet, yet more, yet once more I shake not the earth only, but also heaven. That's a quote of Haggai chapter two, verse six, talking about the tribulation. He's going to shake things up. By, by the way, God's already shaking things up. If you're, if you're not shooken up, shooken up. I don't know if that's right or not. If you're, if you're not shaking in your boots over some things, you don't, you don't, you're escaping reality. There's some things that ought to shake you up. And I want to tell you who's doing the shaking. God. This pandemic is worldwide. If you don't believe it, talk to our missionaries. My, my, I appreciate you praying for Amy and Mark and the kids. Uh, they could have got stranded in London, and I'm telling you what, Mark would have been most miserable not being in South Africa, Brother Jeremy. I mean, he was giddy. Uh, he had a Red Bull in one hand driving. He'd been, he'd been, he'd been uh, flying all night, all day, 20 hours with a mast on. That'll suffocate you. Say amen right there. I mean, you just have to have it 20 minutes while I preach or 10 minutes till you get to the pew. They had to... They had to fly with one for 28 hours, 11-hour layover. But when they landed in Cape Town, which is nine hours from their mission field, the other side of Africa, he didn't, he didn't take a sabbatical. He didn't pause. He got the luggage off the, uh, the rack, uh, off the uh, carts, threw them in the car, and put them in, uh, rented a, 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 a trailer, and, man, he was taken off to Port Lisbon. And he was so giddy and so happy and smiling. I thought, my word, he don't miss us a bit. He don't miss us one bit. You got to know Mark. He didn't miss any of us a bit. He was going to his mission field. You know why? Because he had a message in his heart that could change any South African. Amen. Amen. It wasn't a politician coming back to the district. It was a missionary. Praise God, Brother Stephen Underwood, like you're going to uh, your mission field. And thank the Lord 
Argentina, where they have good steaks, I heard, but that's not the reason to go there. Praise God. To take the gospel, to take the message that'll change anybody's life. Don't get caught up in Mount uh, 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 Zion, but praise God, get caught, I mean, Sinai, get caught up in Mount Zion. Folks, the mountain of God. Two mountains. I thought, my goodness, how am I going to preach this? But I'll tell you how I'm going to preach it. God is shaking things up. And he's a consuming fire. Don't mess with God. And don't shake your fist at God. And any of you think that you can handle this world and this life and this pandemic worldwide, that's where I was going. You got another thought coming. You better get on your knees and say, dear God, I can't handle this. It's called life. I can't handle it. But I need your grace. I need your grace. Folks, we'll need it. we're going to need his grace even more in the coming days and years because things are not going to get better until the trumpet sounds. And so Haggai said uh, in chapter 2, verse 6, he says, we're going to, I'm going to shake this earth, but I'm not going to just shake this earth. I'm going to shake heaven. And folks, all heaven is orchestrated during the tribulation, hailstones falling from the sky, demonic beasts coming up from, the, from hell, uh, Revelation chapter 9. Hailstones, 125 pounds in, in, in uh, weight hitting this earth. Water turning to blood. Folks, this is going to shake things up. But I want to tell you something. The rapture is going to take place for that, all that, and I'm out of here. Amen. He ain't going to beat up his bride for three and a half uh, years. He's not going to beat up his bride for seven years. We're going to be out of here. We're going to be caught up to be with the Lord. We're not going through one day of the tribulation. All you post-toasties and millennials, you're wrong. It's a heresy. Folks, God's going to spare the bride. He's not going to beat us up for a while. Thank God we're out of here. But I want to tell you something. That encourages me. That, folks, we're in the last days, and Jesus, the mediator, has come to us, and he's paid the price, and he shed his blood, and he, he overcome death, hell, and the grave just for us. We're more than conquerors. We're victorious. We're saved. We're saved. And I don't say that, well, I'm glad I'm saved. I'll just say I'm saved. And thank God the gates of hell will not prevail against the church. We're on the offense, folks. Stop cowing down. Stop apologizing for being a Christian and go to someone and tell them about Jesus. Hey, friend, rejoice in the Lord during bad times. Be the light and be the salt. And it's better to shine in darkness than it is when everything's hunky-dory. And so we see the continuance of the condemnation in verse 27. It says, in this word, yet once more signifieth the removing of those things which are shaken, the things that are made, that, that, that those things which cannot be shaken may remain. I don't know if you realize, read this verse like I read it, but it's saying, folks, the world might fall apart, but you're not. Amen. I'm safe in Jesus. I'm secure in him. I don't use the word eternal security, even though I believe that with all my heart. I use biblical terms like eternal life. I have eternal life. Folks, that means, hey, there's nothing on this, in this kingdom that's going to take me out of that kingdom. 
There's nothing that's going to take me out of salvation. There's nothing that can take me out of the hands of God, not even myself. And thank God, folks, it's the greatest secure in the world. When the dust clears from divine judgment, the saint will still be present and unharmed. Amen. Thank God we're going to be in heaven soon. Thank God the rapture is going to take place. Thank God don't go back to the law. Look at verse 28 and I'll close. It says, wherefore, we receive a kingdom which cannot be moved. Aren't you glad you got some stability in life when everything else has fallen slap apart? They can't even count votes in this country. Amen. Look, look at this. It says, let us have grace. There is the let us. There's three or four times the word let us or phrase let us is mentioned. It said, let us have grace whereby we may serve God acceptably with reverence and godly fear. Folks, here's the conduct from this condemnation. Here's what he's trying to tell these Hebrews who's trying to go back to the law, go back to the shadows, go back to the priests, go back to the temple. Folks, we have a better temple. It's the temple of God in heaven. We have a better priest, the priest uh, Jesus Christ. Amen. And there is no mediator between us and God except Jesus. Stop trusting man and start trusting God. Stop trusting yourself and, and trust the sovereignty of God in your life. Amen. God's kingdom is permanent, it's unchanging, and the kingdom of our Redeemer will never pass away. Never. The kingdom of God will never fail. So let us hold fast by the grace of God and carry on. Let's lift up our heads and be encouraged. And let's take the gospel to a lost and dying world before it's too late. Folks, listen. God's kingdom is permanent. God's kingdom is unchanging. It's the Mount of Zion. It's the city of God. It's the city of the living God. That makes a difference. It's not this city of a God. It's the city of the living God. And folks, in government, uh, there's nothing that'll ever get settled. Where all the policies change all the time. And there's constantly vacillating plans and policies. There's no inducement to enter into uh, this kind of enterprise with all your heart and all your soul. Folks, listen, in the heavenly kingdom, it's settled. The principles and laws are firm. And there's evidence of permanency. And uh, folks, the highest encouragement that I know of is that God is still on the throne. And folks, don't be dismayed because your team loses or your man loses. Thank God the Lord is never lost. And folks, we need to revolutionize this world by going back to the Bible and having revival. And folks, is there ever a time in, in our life that we ought to see how futile things are in this world and how passing and flimsical and, 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 and whimsical the things are in this world. Folks, we can't buy it. I was amazed that in this last election, $8.4 billion was spent on the election. That's eight times 1,000 million. I don't even know how to count to a million. I've never seen a million dollars. Have you? But I want to tell you something. $100 million was spent in Kentucky and in South Carolina, and their candidate lost. 
their candidate lost. They were trying to get the uh, guy out that was in, uh, in Kentucky. And they're trying to get the guy out in South Carolina, and they spent $100 million. What could we have done for missions with that? Something's wrong in America. That we have to think we buy votes and buy politicians and buy freedom and buy liberty. Folks, I want to tell you something. You don't buy nothing for liberty. You accept the liberty in Christ, amen? It's all of God. And folks, we're in a higher kingdom than government. We're in a higher kingdom than politics. We're in a higher kingdom than the law. Folks, and, there, and folks, we should not de mock divine judgment. Look at it. It says, wherefore, we receive a kingdom which cannot be moved. Let us have grace, whereby we may serve God acceptably and with reverence. And godly fear. Folks, we ought to fear God. Here's the practical application of this whole chapter, I believe. And really the whole book. Number four, the practical application. How do we receive grace? I'll tell you how you receive grace. Go back to Hebrews chapter 4, verse 15 and 16. 4, 15 and 16. It says, we've got to go back to verse 14. Hebrews 4, you with me? Love to hear those pages turning or those phones are clicking. I don't care how you get there, just get there. Look at it, it says in verse 14, seeing then that we have a great high priest that has passed from heaven, Jesus, the Son of God. Let us hold fast our profession. Don't go back to the mountain of the law. Look at verse 15. We have not a high priest which cannot be touched with our feelings of our infirmities, but with all points tempted like as we are yet without sin. Let us therefore come, there, let us therefore come boldly unto the throne of grace. You may obtain mercy, that's what we need, and find grace to help in the time of need. Folks, I want to tell you something. The only hope is the grace of God. We have eternal high priest that intercedes for us. We don't go to a man priest. We don't go to a preacher. We don't go to a politician. We go to God through Jesus, our high priest. We must serve by grace, not by the law. We're part of the kingdom that will never be shaken. We are to build our lives on eternal, unchanging spiritual realities that we have in Christ. On Christ the solid rock I stand. All other ground is sinking sand. Then we need to receive the word with reverence. Reverence. Folks, I believe it's respect for the preacher for you to listen and act like you're halfway interested. Say amen. I think an amen's not pumping up the preacher. I think it's saying amen to the word of God. So I think there ought to be a few amens once in a while. I think there ought to be some people get overcome with the message of God saying it's from God and, and there ought to be a, a tears of joy and tears of peace. There ought to be a response to the word of God reverently. That's why we don't play games here and have Ted Mac amateur hour and entertainment in this house of God. Folks, we preach the word of heaven. We preach the word from God. We preach blood, the blood of Jesus and we preach the grace of God. And don't go back. Don't go back. 
We need to receive the word with reverence. That's what it says. Whereby we may serve God except in, in reverence and godly fear. And then we need to take the word. We need to take the word of grace and life because that's what our country needs. That's what our families need. That's what I need. I need his word today. I need his word. I don't know what's going to happen tomorrow, but I know who holds tomorrow. Amen? And I don't know why things happened like they did last Tuesday. I'll just be perfectly honest with you. I don't know why things happened last March or February or whatever it was in China. But I know this. God's still on the throne. And God's still speaking from heaven. And you know something? We can sit here and soak and sour and be sad if we want to. Or we can take the blessed gospel and hand it to somebody and say, hey, this, this message changed my life. It wasn't politics, it wasn't religion, and it wasn't church membership, and it sure wasn't the law. The law got me under conviction I needed grace. And you know something? He can change your life because he loves you just as much as he loves me. Aren't you glad we don't serve a partial God? He loves every sinner equally. He loves you and he loves me the same. There's no big shots in the kingdom of God. And folks, what we need to do is we need to stay on our knees and pray. And then we need to pick up our Bible and we need to publish the gospel because we weren't saved by the law. We were saved by the Lord of grace and mercy. Father, use this message. Thank you, dear God, for opening this chapter up to me that I was so hesitant about preaching. And Lord, I thank you that your word is right on time. We serve a kingdom that's unmovable, that's unshakable, that's unchangeable. That you're a mighty God. And you're a God that does not change, as we'll find out in Hebrews 13, verse 8. You're the same yesterday, today, and forever. And Lord, you still reign, and the government is upon your shoulders. And so, dear God, help us to trust you more than man and help us to trust you more than ourselves. And God, help us never to trust in religion, but God, trust in the blood that we might have a relationship with the living God. With every head bowed, every eye closed, how many of you know somebody that's lost? Your burden for them, maybe they're in religion. Maybe they're stuck on Mount Sinai trying to keep the law, keep the ordinances, and keep the shadows and keep the forms and keep the rituals, even keep the ordinances. Folks, that's not going to get them saved. Only person will ever save them is Jesus Christ because he went to the cross in their stead. Oh, what a Savior. Don't get over the awe of it all. Don't get over the reverence of it all, the respect, the fear of it all. 
And don't get over the graciousness of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. How many say, preacher, if I died today, I'm sure because of my relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ and I trusted him, I trusted the blood that was shed at Calvary, the death and the burial and the resurrection, that I know I'm saved. Would you slip your hand up real high as a testament that nobody's looking around, nobody's going to come to you, I promise you. And you don't base it on religion, you base it on the blood. I'm glad you're saved, say amen. You ought to know it for sure. There'll be no doubt about it. There is no purgatory. To be absent the bodies, be present the Lord. And the rich man lifted up his eyes and he was in torment. It's one of the two. People are dying and going to hell. You could not raise your hand and say, Preacher, I'm concerned about my soul and I've got to be explicitly honest. I've trusted a lot of things I've done to get saved and I realize that's not enough. I need to be saved by what Jesus did at Calvary. I want you to pray for me. Pray for me that I'd be saved before it's too late. If you're concerned about your soul to slip your hand up, I promise you I'll pray for you and I won't embarrass you. Would you slip your hand up real high for prayer and then back down? Anyone? Say, Preacher, I'm not absolutely 100% sure that I'm saved. Anyone? And have me say, Preacher, again, I need to be more bold and I need to be more compassionate when it comes to sharing with religious folks and with wicked folks, with moral folks and people that are not so moral, with sinners. I need to be more compassionate, more bold to take them the gospel because that message set me free. And who am I to keep it in my own soul? But I need to share it. I need to preach it, teach it. I need to proclaim it. And I certainly need to pass out tracts and these gospels of John to my lost friends. And I have a burden for one particular. I want you to pray with me for them. Would you slip your hand up high for prayer for them? All over this place. All over this place. I got a, I got a nephew that I'm not sure is saved. And he's so despondent. I'm scared for his life. I'm scared for his life. Father, in Jesus' name, thank you for this passage of Scripture. God, you've spoken to my heart, you've encouraged my heart, and you've challenged my heart to be more like you in these last days. So God, let us take the grace of God to a lost and dying world through the gospel and be a witness. We'll praise you, every one of our friends and relatives that get saved, give you the credit and glory for it all in Jesus name.